1: Coming up on Marriage Today with Jimmy and Karen. Whatever the issues are in our marriage, I'm all in. I'm going to pay whatever I have to pay. I came in to this marriage saying, for better or for worse. I came into this marriage saying, in sickness and in health. And so thank God for the good times, but when the bad times hit, I'm all in. I am not a renter. I don't have one foot out the back door. I'm not on my heels. I'm all into this relationship. is a covenant. And the word the covenant is to, the word covenant means to cut. You don't make a covenant, you cut a covenant. And every time in the Bible when a covenant is made there's blood. Adam and Eve had a marriage covenant. Adam got cut. That Jesus said this is the new covenant in my blood. Okay, so a covenant means a sacrificial permanent relationship, a sacrificial this is going to require sacrifice permanent relationship. Well, did you know that the wedding vows that most of us take are covenant vows? Whether we realize it or not, here's what he said, for better or worse, for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health. You know why we say those vows? Because we're making a sacrificial covenant relationship. Okay. Marriage, marriage means there's going to be sacrifice involved in this. And when poor comes, when sickness comes, When when bad times hit, I'm all in from the very beginning. My expectation from the very beginning is this was a sacrificial relationship that was a lifelong relationship. And I've got my sleeves rolled up. Let me say this. We've turned marriage from a covenant into a contract. A covenant relationship is sacrificial. A covenant relationship is I surrender my rights and I assume responsibilities. A contract, I protect my rights and I limit my responsibilities. So we, in our culture, we have turned marriage from a covenant into a contract, and it's absolutely pathetic. It just simply doesn't work like that. It's going to require sacrifice. So here are three unchangeable realities of marriage. This is just absolutely true related to marriage. We all have hurts from our past, quirks in our personalities, and ignorance concerning the opposite sex that only marriage will cure, and it will take years for the process to be completed. And now, again, premarriage counseling helps tremendously. A right courtship time helps tremendously. But even with all that, we're imperfect people, and we're entering into marriage, and it's just going to take a while. And it's going to be a long process. There's going to be sacrifice that has to be made, and that's just the truth. And so a lot of times, the more fearful that people become in marriage, the more idealistic they become. And, And I see women sometimes, they're not just looking for a husband. They're looking for Jesus Jr., You know, it's like I want the perfect man. Well, that that perfect man is sitting in heaven. There's no perfect man down here. I see men that are looking for a spirit-filled Stepford wife. You know, they're looking for this just absolute perfect, I'm going to find the perfect person. No, you're really not. The right person, yes. You're going to find the right person. But that right person will be imperfect. And and that's just, you you just have to, you know, get your brain on straight. So here's the issue. This is critical. When you do marriage properly, you heal each other. See, when you expect that you're going to marry someone and they're just going to be this perfect person or whatever, you get your heart broken because no one's that way. But understand this. men. The Bible says for men to love their wives as Christ loved the church. The word Christ means anointed one. Did you know that every man is anointed to heal his wife? When you nourish and cherish your wife, Ephesians 5 says men are to nourish and cherish their wives as they would their own bodies. When a man submits himself to Jesus, and when a man loves his wife the way that Jesus loves the church, he heals her. In other words, you're not going to get yourself a perfect wife, but you can get yourself a perfect wife, a healed wife, by being a Christ-like husband. I'll use use an analogy here in just a minute. Did you know that women are made in the image of the Holy Spirit? Did you know in the Bible that women and the Holy Spirit have the same name? Helper? When God made a woman for Adam completely equal, he called her helper. And that means one who supplies what is lacking and the power to accomplish a task. And did you know that every woman has in her what her husband needs to be healed? Did you know when we're married properly, it's a Christ-like man and a Holy Spirit-like woman healing each other? So when we get married and we think that we're going to get this perfect person, and, and we don't, and we find out that they have quirks and flaws and things like that, and now our heart gets broken and we turn on them and we wound each other. Why do we wound each other? Because we just came in with wrong expectations. Most, most people today, honestly, they think if their wedding is nice enough, that's all that matters. They do very. This is the truth now. Most people today getting married, they do very little pre-marriage preparation, but they just go nuts about the wedding. Destination wedding on a beach, wells, you know, breaching, you know, wild horses running, doves being released, a ch- children's choir singing, you know, all this just perfect wedding. And we're going to have this perfect wedding and then happily ever after. It's not really the way it works. The way it works. Weddings aren't emotional operating rooms that fix everything. They're the registration desk for the hospital. If you think it's bad before you get married, it'll be a lot worse afterwards. You're just signing up for the marriage hospital. Let me talk to you about a gardener versus a consumer okay, mentality. Um, a gardener goes out in the yard, and the gardener sees a tree, and the tree's not healthy. And the gardener says, hey, goodness, you know I need to do something here. I need to feed this tree. I need to treat this disease. I need to do this, and this, and this. And the gardener says, you know, I need to take responsibility for this tree. This is my tree I need to take responsibility for. it." A consumer goes out in the yard and sees the same tree and says, I'm going to go to the store that I bought this from and complain. I want a new tree. Let me ask you a question. In your marriage, are you a gardener or a consumer? When you see a problem in your spouse, do you take responsibility to do something about it and heal it? Or do you think about getting a new model? The the, the way that we think about marriage sets us up for success or failure. And I'm saying in your marriage, there are going to be times when your spouse is sick and they're suffering and there's nothing they can do about it. They need your help. And if you're a righteous husband, a Christ-like husband and a Holy Spirit-like wife, you're going to see your spouse struggling. You're going to see your spouse suffering and you're going to reach out and you're going to sacrifice yourself to help that person. If we're superficial and selfish, we're going to go and demand a better model. What's wrong with you? You need to get your act together and and start looking around. And so Karen and I, when we got married, I mean, I I was just, I didn't know anything about marriage. I got married. I was very disappointed. I got my heart broken, and we were on the brink of divorce. And so kind of, you know, as I've done marriage counseling over the years, because of this issue of false expectation, I've thought about reality weddings, you know, all these reality shows on TV. I've thought about reality weddings, but you know, and, and let me just kind of give you this suggestion. And I know y'all already married. A lot of you, some of you aren't. You might want to do this, but you know, I think at weddings there shouldn't be tuxedos and wedding gowns or really anything nice because I think it's false advertising. I think we're all too messed up for that. And I think probably what needs to happen at weddings is, first of all, you get counseling. You go to a counselor, but the counseling is not designed to fix you because you're too messed up for that. It's going to take way too long to fix you. And so the counseling is for the purpose of just basically seeing how messed up you are. And then you have to dress accordingly for your wedding. So, for example, at my reality wedding, the dress, the, the groom does not wear a tuxedo, he wears a military uniform, ripped up, bloodied up, all terrible, because his family was an emotional train wreck. And all his family's messed up. He's messed up. She needs to know what she's getting into. So he's going to stand there during the wedding, all bloodied up, bandaged up with a military uniform. She's not going to wear a, a wedding gown. She's going to wear a hospital gown. And she's not going to have any flowers coming down. She's going to be pushing an IV coming down the middle out, <laughs> Because her family was an emotional train wreck they're both messed up they're both and so they're both going to stand there looking like that at the wedding and all of his family they're out there bloodied on the front row all her family the same way cuz they're all messed up and they need to know that the pastor doesn't dress nice he dresses as a terrorist and carries a rifle and if anyone gets happy during the wedding he fires around just to shut everybody up this is a serious event and everybody needs to know the reality of what's going on now i don't think anybody's going to do that so i've got a second option here these these are my Reality vows, and I offer these to everybody getting married. These are my reality vows that I think every couple should say at their wedding. I do solemnly swear to take you as my lifelong patient, to bandage and to medicate you as long as we both shall live. I will love you for richer or poorer, for better or worse, in sickness or in sickness because you're one sick puppy. And I don't see you getting well anytime soon, though I'm hoping for some improvements today. I realize that the pretty clothes you're wearing here on our wedding day are rented and will be returned. You will probably never look this good again. That's why we're taking so many pictures to preserve this rare moment. I also understand that reality is waiting for me at our hotel room, where tomorrow your morning breath will announce the dawn of our lifelong journey together, and the harsh morning light will reveal the real you. In spite of all of this, I love you with all of my heart and wholly commit myself to this marriage until death do us part. So help me, God, because I'll need all the help I can get. Those are my reality. that I offer those to y'all. But see, disappointment's the number one reason for divorce. Is Jesus, I love Jesus. I just love the way that Jesus does things. Day one, he walks up and says, here's the deal, you want in? This is going to require sacrifice. This is going to require you making some hard decisions. Are you in? I want you to be in, but I don't want you to come in with your brain all wrong." I love Jesus, but I hate the devil. I hate the devil. I hate the way he sets everything up for failure. Everything is so pie in the sky. Everything is so idealistic. It has to fail. It has to fail. And so I'm obviously joking about my reality weddings here, but I'm saying this. It's better than what's going on right now. With people dressing up and acting as though everything's fine and everything's beautiful and they're all prepared for marriage when they're not. And it's not going to work. It's not going to last. Here's here's the second unchangeable reality of marriage. Without an understanding of reality and a strong commitment to the marriage, every significant problem threatens the marriage. When, when you when you get married and bad things begin to happen and you begin to get disappointed, you get on your heels. When you enter into marriage with a sacrificial covenant mentality, there's no question I'm staying. There's no question that I'm going to fix. Whatever the issues are in our marriage, I'm all in. I'm going to pay whatever I have to pay. I came in to this marriage saying, for better or for worse. I came into this marriage saying, in sickness and in health. And so thank God for the good times, but when the bad times hit, I'm all in. I am not a renter. I don't have one foot out the back door. I'm not on my heels. I'm all into this relationship. I'll do whatever it takes. University of Chicago, Linda Waite, uh, did a survey, and she wrote a book called The Case for Marriage*. a wonderful book. But she surveyed a group of very unhappy couples, and uh, these were people that that were just basically miserable in their marriages. Five years later, 85% of the couples who were very unhappy described their marriage as very happy. And in describing the commonality of what those couples had in common, she said a couple of things. One is they had a strong work ethic. In other words, they didn't mind working. They knew they had problems, but they had a strong work ethic. The second thing is their friends did not value divorce. The worst thing in the world to have in your life when you're having struggles in your marriage is someone at work trying to talk you into going to a strip bar or happy hour. And and getting offended at your spouse and trying to talk you into doing bad things. You need godly friends in bad times to try to talk you through it. 85% see what the devil loves photographic thinking. And photographic thinking is when you're going through hard times, he comes and takes a snapshot and says, welcome to the future. They'll never change. You're trapped in a bad marriage. It'll never change. You need to get out. You need to, you need to find somebody else. That's photographic thinking. But that's not the way God thinks. God thinks prophetically. And God comes to us and gives us hope and tells us, if you'll believe, I'll do a miracle in your marriage. If you'll be my partner, if you'll roll your sleeves up, we'll defeat this enemy. We'll do this. And covenant relationship is a relationship that's willing to do anything. You come into covenant knowing this is going to cost my life. This is going to cost me everything. This is covenant. There's blood here. And when God created marriage, God could have created Eve out of the dust just like he did Adam. But that wouldn't have been a covenant because there's no blood. But he cut Adam. And marriage is a sacrificial, permanent relationship that God only blesses when it's a covenant. I mean, sacrifice. That's why Jesus turned to the people and told them, this is going to be a sacrifice. This is not going to be a walk in the park, but it's worth it. Here's the third unchangeable reality of marriage. Satan hates marriage, and every couple will come under spiritual attack. We must fight for our marriage against the true enemy and not our spouse if we're going to survive and succeed. Here's the good news. God has a plan for your life and your marriage. Here's the bad news. So does Satan. The devil's the accuser of the brethren, and he hates marriage because marriage is the image of God. He hates marriage because it's the most sacred institution on earth. God created marriage in Genesis chapter 1. It is the first institution he ever created, and it's the foundation for every other institution on earth. And he's a strategist. He understands if he can destroy marriage, he can destroy all of society. He hates your marriage. He hates what your marriage represents, and he hates the potential that you have together in God. And an unchangeable reality is you're going to have to deal with the devil in your marriage. He's going to come. The Bible says that when we go to bed on anger, we give a foothold to Diabolos. And every single time we go to bed on anger in our marriage, we will be counseled by the devil, whether we know it or not. And he will interpret our spouse's behavior to us. He'll try to get us offended toward each other. He'll try to convince us that we made a mistake. And you've got to close that door on him. You don't go to bed angry. You talk things out right now. You don't sit there and let the devil tell you that, you know, uh, there's something wrong with your spouse you married the wrong person. You We deal with our anger every day and we take our thoughts captive. And I'm not going to let the devil tell me something about you that God hasn't said. God loves Karen Evans perfectly and it is impossible for me to get him offended at her because he's mad, mad in love with her, madly in love with her. And any time that I feel anything other than that type of love for her, the devil's got a thought in my mind. And so we're going to have to deal with the devil. And here's here's what I'm saying the, the 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 news is that in order to succeed in marriage we have to treat it as a covenant. And we have to sit down day one and count the cost. There's going to be there's going to be some sacrifice here. We're going to have to war here. We're building something great. We've got to count the cost cuz it's going to take us every single thing we have. And this is going to be challenging. The other side of that thing is we're going to succeed and it's going to be the most awesome thing we've ever done in our lives. And we're going to make a difference for God. We're going to raise godly children. We're going to make a difference in the world, so on and so forth. And the devil can't stop us. As long as we have the right mentality, the right expectations, and biblical relationship skills, we cannot be stopped. We're going to succeed in everything we do. Now, This program is on the secret to building a lasting marriage. And this is a lot of people are very concerned, you know, that if they get married that it won't last. You know, whether they're married or whether they're single and they fear getting married. But listen, marriage works when you do it God's mm-hmm. way. And one of the things that, that you have to do to be married successfully is to deal with reality. Mm-hmm. And this is what today's program is on, is is understanding the realities of marriage so you don't get your heart broken. Mm-hmm. And so that you don't think you're failing when you're not. But but I want to kind of emphasize one point there, Karen, about the devil hates marriage. Mm-hmm. Every, every marriage is going to come under attack. And, and our marriage, we were, we had been married, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 years. And, um, we, the Lord had saved our marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so our marriage was dramatically better, but we started fighting one day and, um, about nothing, you know, we just, we, I can't even remember what we were fighting about, but we were, there's a lot of conflict and tension. And you asked me one day if I, if I would go to Bible study with you.
2: Well, we've been going every week. We've been
1: going, but and I, but we had I a wouldn't ha- go.
2: Horrible fight,
1: but I was being a brat. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no, I'm not going to go. And I went. And you went. And, and so I you... got
2: there, and I'd like to say that for couples to be encouraged that we were Christians going to church oh, in a yeah. Bible study, oh, and we yeah. were having issues. Oh, yeah. So it's just, it's just normal. That's how the, the enemy hates us. And so... Um anyway, so I got there and they said, Where's Jimmy? and I said, Oh, you just decided to stay home and then I uh, <laughs> tried to try to smooth it over. And then um our son our Bible teacher, she said, oh, I got this vision of um Satan in your house like a lion over the doorway, and he was roaring. And she trying said, to break us up. "Yeah, trying to break us up." And so she, I said, "Oh my gosh, yes, we had a fight." And of course, he hated that. I said, "We had a fight." And so, <laughs> yeah, I said, "Yeah, we've been fighting." And da da da. And she goes, "Well, you just go home, and y'all just grab hands, and you pray, and you just you know get rid of that devil out of your house." And so he, he said, "Well, what, what happened?" And I said, "Well, you know, she said this and this," and you said, "Oh my gosh, it was like a light bulb went on with you." I thought. Hallelujah! You know. Well, because...
1: but you came home and um, and you told me what yeah. Sarah had said, and she said we should hold hands and pray. Well, that's the first time we'd ever done that.
2: Yeah, because we didn't realize that Satan is really attacking our marriage. Yeah, we well, thought it was just each other. We
1: didn't know that we were called to do this. <laughs> yeah, you know, we we just thought we were, mm-hmm. you know, another married couple. But the the point being, and, and we are in the sense that we're just like everybody else, and the devil hates us. But. When we held hands and prayed, see, Jesus said, if two on earth would agree together as touching anything they would ask, Mm -hmm. he says, I'll do it. You know. So we held hands and we prayed, and and the prayer that we prayed was we bind Satan over our marriage in the name of Jesus Mm -hmm. and every spirit that would come, a spirit of divorce, every spirit that would come against us. See, Jesus said that I give you authority over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you, if you use the authority Mm -hmm. if you don't use the authority you can get your clock cleaned and really we have authority over the devil if we take it well when we prayed karen that day everything changed Mm -hmm. it it was like a light bulb went on it was like somebody sprayed air freshener it the environment we did not know in the unseen realm that we were under siege Mm -hmm. we didn't know it we didn't know that much about spiritual warfare we didn't know about those things but the instant we prayed that prayer, mm-hmm. a light bulb come on in my head that said, you know something? If we're going to succeed in marriage, we're going to have to deal with an evil devil. Because, mm-hmm. you know, God has a plan for our lives, but so does the devil. And we have authority over the devil. But in our case, in that situation, we found out two things. The devil hates us and mm-hmm. wants to divide us, and we have authority over him. Mm-hmm, I agree. That's, That's right. Good. We hope that this program today has been an encouragement to you because you can build a lasting marriage. But you do need to have the right expectations going in. And so I hope that you've received some help and encouragement. You know, there's some information there on your screen right now about how you can support us financially. If you've been touched by our ministry, we're asking you, if you would, to give your most generous gift to help us to go across America, around the world. We help millions of people every week. We're broadcast into millions of homes in America and 200 countries worldwide. And we love helping people in the area of marriage, but we can't do it without friends like you. So if you would right now, you can write a check and send it the addresses are on your screen you can go on our secure website or you can call and use your bank card to give a, a gift right now nothing's too small nothing's too large we ask you to give as generously as you can it's going to be used to help people succeed in marriage help them to heal from problem relationships and help little children to stay together with their parents please give as generously as you can right now thank you for joining us we'll see you next time goodbye